Hey, welcome to The Quest and happy Easter. It's great having you with us today, especially if you happen to stop by and you're checking us out. We're really glad that you're with us. All right, before we get into the talk today, I want to pray together. And listen, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And I just want to encourage you to come close to God today, that you would embrace Jesus and that you would discover the life that he has for you. So let's pray together. Father, we love you so very much, and I thank you for each person that's listening. Father, today we celebrate life. We celebrate your son. We celebrate the resurrection and the life that we get to experience in our lives. We thank you that we're not victims to sin. We're not victims to death. But Father, you have overcome it. And so today, we just pour our hearts out to you in faith. We ask that you would step into the chaos of our lives, that you would remind us of your power, that you would remind us of your love, that you would connect and pour your love into us. May we have a greater connection with your compassion and your desire to reach this world and to love people as well as to love you. And so today, that's what we do we turn to you to be the source that provides for all of our needs. So I ask that you would give us encouragement and peace and faith and joy in the midst of all that we're going through. And today, we just want to say thank you for the life and the love that we've received. Thank you for overcoming death. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, well, it is great to have you with us today. And this is a great day. We get to celebrate Easter we're wrapping up this series that we've entitled Jesus Revolution. It's named after the movie Jesus Revolution. And if you've watched the movie, it's just a great depiction of what a revival looks like when God acts in the world and in the hearts of people, just what that looks like, what, what happens. So in the 1970s, this Jesus Revolution didn't just touch people in the church, it touched people outside of the church. And, and that's a great definition of what revival is. It's when the church and the culture have an encounter with Jesus and it changes our hearts. In the 1970s, the culture as well as the church needed a spiritual awakening, a spiritual revival. And you know what? Just like we do today, we need a spiritual awakening in our lives. We need a Jesus revolution in our lives a greater faith in Jesus, a greater connection with Jesus, a greater revelation of his love to us and through us to the world. So what is the Jesus revolution? Something you could write down is this. A Jesus revolution happens when we personally experience who Jesus claims to be. See, it's not about just getting to know about Jesus. Revival happens because we have a personal encounter with Jesus. We discover who Jesus is. We stop trying to make Jesus who we want him to be based on what we want from him. We understand our need of Jesus and surrender to him and open our hearts to him. And this personal experience that we have with Jesus touches our hearts and changes our lives. So the purpose of this series has been for us to personally discover who Jesus claims to be, to really get to know him personally. And then as we get to know him personally, it affects how we respond to him relationally. I've said it before, but what we believe about Jesus is really important because what we believe about Jesus affects how we respond to Jesus. It affects our relationship with Jesus. So something else you can write down is this, only when we believe that Jesus is who he claims to be, will we experience the life that he wants us to have. See, the truth is Jesus wants you to experience the life that he gives, the joy, the peace, the faith, not a life of anger and chaos and fear. 
I mean, too many of us live our lives with hurts, hang-ups, and baggage. And what that does is it limits our life. Jesus said this, you've heard it before. Jesus says, I came to give life, life in all of its fullness. So we want to look today at one last trait that Jesus has, one last claim that Jesus makes about who he is and, and why that's important to us. And, and here's what you can write down. See, a Jesus revolution happens when we discover that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Have you discovered, have you experienced that Jesus is both the resurrection and the life? Just so we understand, a resurrection is when something is dead and then what happens? Right, it comes back to life. Jesus makes this statement right before his final week, right before the triumphal entry, right before he goes to the cross. And what he says are these words. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Jesus was claiming to be the source of both. In other words, there's no resurrection without Jesus. And there's no life nor eternal life without Jesus. He is the source of both. So when Jesus made this claim, he was talking to a very good friend named Martha. Martha was going through a really big crisis. In fact, it was a family crisis and it included Jesus because Jesus was so close to this family. So I want to read the story just so that we understand what's going on. It's found in John 11. It says this. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was more than sick. We're going to find out that he's going to die actually. And he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Martha's statement just screams out desperation. This is an SOS message. This is the kind of bad news that disrupts a good life. Some of you know just how it feels to hear those words. The words that say, I've got bad news for you. Or the words that say, listen, there's no easy way to say this. And then all of life stops. That's where Martha's at. It can be sickness like Martha is experiencing. Or maybe the bad news is that you're losing a job that you've loved and you've worked so hard for. Or maybe someone that you love is moving away. As a pastor, I walk with many people that are going through bad news. And one thing I know is it can take a toll on people. So right after this cry for help, Jesus says something that is quite amazing actually in the next verse. And it says this, when he heard this news, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. In other words, God can get the attention and the applause of what's going on in our lives. Even when it's bad stuff that's going on in our lives. See, the very thing that you would never ever want to happen can bring glory to God. God can bring glory to himself through the worst news that you could ever imagine. So let me give you a quick summary of verses 5 through 14. And I would encourage you to read this story on your own. But basically, everybody believes that Jesus is going to help Lazarus. Because Lazarus was not only a good friend, he was a long-time close friend. But what does Jesus do? Nothing. For two days. I mean, while Martha, Mary, and the disciples are freaking out, Jesus is hanging out. And then after these two days, Jesus says to his disciples, Hey, let's go back to Judea where Lazarus is. And the disciples are like, No, we can't go there now because right now everybody is trying to kill you. And they were right. 
But Jesus says, no, Lazarus has fallen asleep and we need to go wake him up. Jesus wasn't saying that Lazarus was tired and taking a nap. It was a metaphor. He was saying, hey, listen, guys, Lazarus is dead and we need to go raise him from the dead. So I want to look at three different characters in this story and how these three different characters were dying on the inside. How these three characters needed a personal resurrection themselves. Something in them was dead and it needed to be brought back to life. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We need a resurrection when we're like Thomas who was dead in his doubts. All through scripture, Thomas is known as doubting Thomas. And this is just another example. Listen to the sarcasm, the absence of faith, the doubt in his words. And it says this in verse 16. Then Thomas, who is also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. In other words, he's already doubting the outcome of what Jesus wants to do. Basically, he's saying this is not going to turn out good at all for any of us. And if you're honest, I'm sure that you could say that you've also had spiritual doubts in your life. We all have. I mean, if you're sitting there and you say you never had doubts, then while you're just sitting there polishing your halo, let me just talk to the rest of the real people, the, the ones who are honest about this. Because everyone that I know at some point in their lives believed God for something that didn't happen. And when that happens, we are bombarded with doubt. Why didn't God do this? Why didn't God act? Or maybe your doubts have happened because you encountered someone that challenged you spiritually or challenged you intellectually in a conversation. They asked questions that you didn't have an answer for. Or they asked questions that caused you to doubt. Or maybe you just believed in God and something really bad happened to someone you really loved. And you thought, well, if God is good, why did he let this happen? If God's all-powerful, why didn't he stop this? And suddenly you're like Thomas. Something inside dies a little bit. And then over time, you become dead in your doubts. I just want you to know that Jesus understands when we're dead in our doubts. He understands how pain and hurts can leave a mark in our lives. How uncertainty can cause us to question God. And you know what? I really do believe that Jesus is thinking, come on, Thomas, stay with me. You're going to experience a resurrection today. And I know he's saying the same thing to you and to me. Just insert your own name. He's saying, come on, Dave, just stay with me. You're going to experience a resurrection today. Listen, if you're carrying doubts in your life, you need a resurrection in your life. Or maybe you're more like the second person we're going to look at, Mary. And you can write this down. You need a resurrection when you're dead in your discouragement. Have you ever been disappointed with God? Maybe frustrated with God. Maybe frustrated from the disappointment. You just don't see anything good happening in your life. And you just can't seem to catch a break. Mary was very, very discouraged. And we see it in verse 20 where it says this. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but... What did Mary do? Mary stayed home. Mary's like, why bother? I don't need to go out there. What is he going to do? I mean, he's already dead. There's nothing Jesus can do about this now. This discouragement comes into our lives because of the hopelessness that we feel. And that might be where you are today. You might be feeling, you know what? I just can't seem to catch a break. I can't change anything. I'm always feeling alone. I'm always going to be stuck in this dead-end job. 
I'm never going to have the marriage that I want to have, the marriage I thought I would have. I'm just stuck. And the discouragement reinforces the thoughts that we have that God rarely comes through for me. God rarely acts on my behalf. It's a hopeless feeling. And of course, we don't show it on Sunday. We don't show it like, especially today on Easter. You might be smiling on the outside, but on the inside, you're really, really discouraged. You're down. The joy on your face does not match the hopelessness in your heart. So the truth is, some might be dead in their doubts while others are dead in their discouragement. Or maybe you identify with the third person in this story, and that's Martha, and you can write this down. You need a resurrection when you're dead in the delay. In other words, God, you took too long. Martha might have said, Jesus, we sent word to you. She might have even been thinking, I even heard that you didn't want to come back when you heard that he was sick. I'm sure Martha was thinking, you could have come back earlier and you didn't. You could have showed up when he was alive, but you didn't. We find this interaction in verse 17 and it says this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, you took too long. When she said he's been dead for four days, what she was saying is he is completely dead and this is completely hopeless. In fact, she was saying he is so dead that he now stinks. And I'm sure the message is coming through. Why didn't you do something when you could do something? And some of you can relate to this. You feel dead in the delay. You're waiting for an answered prayer. You're waiting for a result. You're waiting for the spouse that you've been praying for. Waiting to conceive. Waiting for the direction that you need for a very important decision. You're waiting on God for something that you need. And when nothing happens, our response usually is, Why, God? Some of you are praying for a healing that you've been believing for for a long time because you know with God all things are possible. Yet you pray and you pray and nothing seems to be happening. And you too feel dead in the delay. If that's where you're at, I want to remind you that God's delays are not denials. Just because God has not done something yet does not mean that God is not active in your life and is working his plan into your life. And for Martha, she has this moment. It's a glimmer of faith. It's a glimmer of hope that she has in the darkness of her delay, which she says this, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And I love that. Even when we're dead in the delay, even though we're dead in our doubts, even though we're dead in our discouragement, even now God can give you what you ask. And I want you to write this down. To experience the Jesus life, to experience the life that Jesus has for us, we need an even now moment. We need a small amount of faith to come alive so that we can believe that even now all things are still possible with God. Even now when you are discouraged, God can step in and build your faith. Even now when you feel alone, you can feel Jesus with you. Even now God can reach into your family and bring healing harmony and forgiveness that you've been praying for. Even now when everything looks impossible, we serve a God where all things are possible with God. Even if your heart is cold and callous towards the things of God, in a moment God can soften your heart. Even now when there is something dead in your life, the resurrection power of Christ can bring it back to life. 
And that's what Jesus did in verse 23. It says this, Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Martha was confused. She was thinking of a different resurrection, the, the final resurrection. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, I am able to resurrect, but I am the resurrection. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said, I am the source of resurrection. I am the source of life. And what we need to remember, and you can write this down too, is this. The resurrection is a person, not an event. In Jesus' own death and resurrection, Jesus wasn't a victim. He didn't need to be resurrected. He is the resurrection. He didn't need to be given life. He is life. He didn't need the stone removed to get out of the tomb. The stone was removed so that we could see into the empty tomb. Jesus was making a statement about his divine nature. He does more than give life. He is life. And so death has no power over him. And Jesus gives that same life to everyone who believes in him. So when Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus is, he tells his disciples to take the stone away. The tomb is a dark place. When we're in our tomb of doubts, discouragement, and delays, we need the light of Jesus to shine on our lives and into our lives. That's exactly what Lazarus needed. And when they remove the stone, it goes on to say this, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Listen, here's what I want us to understand. Some of you might feel dead on the inside. You've lost faith. You've lost hope. You're dead in the delay. You're dead in your doubts. You're dead in your discouragement. You feel trapped in this tomb of death, this tomb of darkness. On Easter, I want to remind you of this. You could write it down. Jesus still calls us to life in a loud voice. It wasn't just Lazarus. He still calls us to life in a loud voice. He still wants us to experience a resurrection from the dead in our lives. See, the stone had been removed, and when Jesus rose from the dead, it rolled the stone away from all of our lives. It freed us from the hopelessness of sin and death, the prison of sin and death. We just have to respond to Jesus' call for us to come out, come out of the tomb, come out of the darkness and into the light. The same voice that called Lazarus to come out, that same voice is calling for you and I to come out, come out of isolation, come out of the darkness of doubt, of despair, discouragement and delay, and let Jesus bring you to life. Let Jesus give you life. I want to remind you, Easter is not an event, it's a person. I want you to experience this person. We'll have a Jesus revolution in our lives when we experience a resurrection in our lives. In other words, what is dead within us has come to life. 
I want to pray with you if I can. And listen, I know that some of you can't close your eyes, so I just want to talk to God with you on your behalf. If you want to be brought to life, if you want to experience Jesus, if you want to experience a resurrection in your life, because maybe you're saying, you know what, I've been lost and dead in doubt for a long time, dead in discouragement. You know what, I've been frustrated with God. Listen, we all have and we all understand that. And at some point, that becomes a tomb that we choose never to leave, or we respond to Jesus' words of come out into the light, come out to life. I want to encourage you to come out to life today. So let's talk to God together. Father, we come to you first and foremost. We thank you for breaking the chains of sin and death, for bringing freedom into our lives. Father, I lift up each and every person that is listening, those that want to begin this relationship with you, those that want to experience your life, those that want to respond to the words come out. Father, I ask that you would breathe new life into them, new purpose into their lives. Father, I ask that you would establish your plan for their lives, that they would experience you in a powerful way, that their hopelessness would be replaced with your peace and your joy and your love in their lives. Father, I ask that this would not just be another Sunday, that this would be a day that we come to life, that we experience a Jesus revolution in our lives. Jesus, we choose today to respond to you. We choose your life. We choose your plan. We choose to experience your power. We choose to put our faith in you and our belief in you and our trust in you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, what a great and exciting day it is when you and I choose to come out of our own personal tomb, out of the dead in our doubts, discouragement, and delays, come away from that and separate ourselves from that to experience the life that Jesus gives. I hope that you are taking those doubts. I hope that you're taking that hopelessness and that discouragement that frustration to Jesus. Say, listen, I may not understand it all, but I do choose to trust you in it all. I know this, God has great things in store for you. God has a great life for you. God has invested himself in you. Listen, I hope that you have a great Easter weekend. I hope that you experience resurrection and life. I hope you experience a Jesus revolution. Have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.